Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Lucky Star Show and Tell podcast, and I'm your host, Lisa Field, owner and director of Lucky Star Art Camp, a women's art and whole living sleepaway camp held annually on the banks of the Guadalupe River in Hunt, Texas. On today's podcast, I'll be talking to a new Lucky Star instructor, Yasmin Youssef. Yasmin is a visual artist living and working in Austin, Texas. Her mixed media collage, NFTs, and cyanotype work is influenced by her multicultural heritage, as well as her professional careers as a Middle Eastern dancer and user experience designer. While designing enterprise-level software for the tech industry, Yasmin was also performing nationally and internationally with Thievery Corporation, Govinda, and as a member of the dance collective she co-founded. Yasmin's artistic pursuits expanded into visual art as a natural way to gather and present ethereal and moving experiences. In her mixed media works, inspired by lifespans of beauty and decay in the natural world, Yasmin reveals deep layers and rich texture by building up and scraping back materials such as vintage collage ephemera, plaster, acrylics, gold leaf, and mark making. Her work explores common themes including rich color palettes, elements from the natural world, and moods of introspection, connection, and internal strength. This will be Yasmin's first time teaching at Lucky Star Art Camp, and she's excited to share her techniques for creating mixed media collage portraits, as well as many travel journals. Welcome to the podcast, Yasmin Youssef. Today's episode is brought to you by Rockin' R Retreat Center. Rockin' R Retreat Center in Temple, Texas is your place to get away, be with friends, or meet new ones and create whatever you want. At Rockin' R, your comfort and creativity is Rena's number one priority. To attend one of Rena's personally hosted retreats at Rockin' R, go to www.renacotti.com. To rent Rockin' R to host your own event, go to www.rockinrretreats.com. That's www.rockinrretreats.com. R-O-C-K-I-N-R-R-E-T-R-E-A-T-S dot com. Hello, Yasmin. How are you? Hi, I'm feeling well. Thank you. How about yourself? Great. I just got home from a big soccer game. My daughter uh, just had her first game of the season with her new team, and they won. It's so exciting. Yay. They got off to a That's good a start. That's a good start to the season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, so thanks for joining me, especially on a Saturday. Thanks for your time. I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm excited, so excited about Lucky Star Art Camp. I know. I'm excited to have you joining the team. So you and I met, gosh, it's probably been at least five years ago at a pop-up that I did at Kristen Rodner's house in Austin with Heidi Lowell teaching a class. That's right. Has it so already been five I- years? I th- I mean I think it's been at least five years. I'm, yeah, it's I'm, pre 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 COVID. So for sure, yes, for sure. Yeah. So you and Heidi are friends in Austin. We are, and she talks so highly of Lucky Star Art Camp. I've been wanting to come and check it out, and so I'm really excited to be able to do that and also share some of my art and art techniques. Oh yeah, I'm really excited to have you. 
um, teaching some classes this year. So we're like jumping you right in. You don't get to come in as a camper. You're coming in full on as an instructor. <laughs> it's I'm ready for great. it. I'm here for it. Yeah, it's going to be great. Well, give give us a little bit of a background. Give us, um, you know, a little beyond the bio kind of info about your your childhood. Where'd you grow up? Where are you from? All that good stuff. Well, I've had many homes. I grew up around the Pacific Northwest. So Vancouver, British Columbia, Portland, Oregon, Eastern Washington. And now I currently live in Austin, Texas. And I'm a mixed media and cyanotype artist here. I have a studio at Canopy. And there's a great community, art community here I'm happy to be a part of. And also I hear the Lucky Star Art group is a gem, the community. So I'm excited to learn about that and experience that. Oh yeah. We have a lot of people in Austin, a lot of, a lot a big Austin presence and it's growing. So that's exciting. I mean, you can't be in a better place as far as I'm concerned. And of course, you know, I went to UT. (laughs) So I have an attachment to Austin, but the artist community there is amazing. Yeah, I agree. So tell me about Canopy. Tell me about the studio you're a part of and what you do as an artist um, in your business. Yes. Yeah, so I originally, my first creative passion has been dance. It still is. And that involved a lot of work with people rehearsals and um, touring and traveling and performance. And it's a whole other level of energy than the solo artist experience in the studio. And so to me, the two coexisted and it was also a natural path for me to go from dance to art because it was more of a way for me to express internal feelings and these ethereal moments and connection with people, but not on a big stage, more on a quiet, personal connecting level with art. So I do both. I love that. What kind of dance? Middle Eastern dance. Oh, cool. So yeah, this is, um, part of my cultural heritage and I love the music and I encourage anyone who is interested in it to listen to the music, see how beautiful it is, hear how beautiful it is, or take a class and express yourself in this other way involving your body and involving expressing music through your body. It's beautiful. So you're still dancing currently? Like, are you still performing currently? I'm not performing currently. I've Sure, I certainly dance at home and I practice at home, but to me now it's I'm focusing more specifically on visual art. And speaking and so, of yeah. visual art, you've got all of these amazing art pieces behind you on the wall. Mm. I love, love that. I mean, it's such a, so for listeners who can't see what I'm looking at, it's like a gallery wall of some really great art pieces. What I'm picking up on a lot of is a lot of natural, like there's a piece of a tumbleweed maybe. Yeah. And feathers. Uh Oh, cool. These are, that's a cyanotype with um, sage from my garden. um, Oh yeah. 
This is an example of the mixed media collage portrait that we're going to be doing in class. Oh, yeah. I love that. Very cool. And then also I have these travel journals So I'll be sharing in class. Yeah. So what got you into visual arts? Like what, what made you start, what made you start dabbling in visual arts? Well, I love to travel and I love collecting vintage ephemera when I travel. So finding papers and old vintage postcards or maps or anything from um, ticket stubs to experiences like pieces that remind me of my travel experience. And so I mm -hmm. always carried this little Moleskine travel, Moleskine notebook, not even a professional watercolor notebook. And I would sketch my day of on a trip and gather whatever things might've been um, part of that trip and gluing it into my travel journal and then also sketching and painting painting imagery from it. And so that's how I got started. And now when I look back on these travel journals, I, I really, it brings back the trip in such a different, vivid way. So unlike just seeing your photos on your phone. Yeah. That get trapped in your phone, and you never take off anyway, yeah. <laughs> take off your phone and put it on the wall anyway. So this is a more visceral visceral experience of a trip and that got me hooked and and then now whenever I travel anywhere I always am looking for vintage ephemera of some kind or travel mementos or something that I can bring back and then incorporate into my art and oftentimes um, when I don't put it in a travel journal I'll use it as base layers for my mixed media art so it also mm -hmm. adds elements of texture and imagery and uh, memory to my pieces so tell me about your travels. Are you, is that something that you're passionate about? Definitely pre-COVID. Now I don't know how that all will unfold. I haven't gone. Actually, that is not true. I did make a trip to Marrakesh this past March, and I had organized to be on this trip in 2019, and we're supposed to go March 2020. March 15, 2020, to be exact. And that was the day everything shut down. And so yeah, it was. Trying to go and Yeah, it was. It, it would have been more difficult to have gone on that trip and then not be able to come back because they had closed their borders pretty quickly, their sea borders, their land borders, their oh my air goodness. borders. Uh, yeah. Um, but it finally happened after five reschedules. We made it, and it was so inspiring. And... And that time, actually, it was very a very active trip, and I didn't make an art journal, and I regret it. So uh, maybe I can go back in my in my memories and re redo it. I certainly brought back lots of ephemera that could generate those ideas and memories for me. So that's also possible. You could do it after the fact. That's right. Yeah, it still do it. So do you have any yeah. trip any trips or travel plans on the horizon? or wish list places you'd like to go? I would love to go back to Japan and would love to go back to Marrakesh. That, that time went so quickly and there's so much to discover. It's being, you're just in a completely, I mean, literally a foreign environment, but so different that you're a hundred percent removed from your daily activities, rituals, 
conversations, people, responsibilities, there's, and just the intake of experience is so different that you have no time to think about your, you know, daily life. And so you actually get a full reset. That was my experience. Anyway, we were also fairly active and exploring and I love that adventure. That's really cool. Yeah. On the one hand, I could see where it might be nice to be able to stay longer. I mean, if only we could stay long enough to like really soak in and root into it and then start, you know, kind of like when, when I'm on a trip, I'm like active like that too and busy and to actually have some time to sit and reflect and really embed yourself in that culture for a little while would be so awesome. Yes. yes. So often that we we're on an itinerary and going, going, going. And the lead up to the trip too, you're often so busy preparing for the trip and wrapping Mm. up things at home in order to not like totally implode while you're away. And then you go have this amazing time, but you want to enjoy everything and be active. (laughs) And then you come back and it's already like stressful again because you have to catch up on the things. Jump right in. Yeah. So (laughs) sometimes like there's a vacation and then there's like truly a reset. And I think there's a difference. For sure. I I agree. That's, that's cool to know that that is a place that is on my list for sure. So what, what got you into cyanotype? Mm. I was at a creative retreat for women. It's very small. I think we were under 10 women in Portland, Oregon, and we were focusing on um, weaving and eco-printing and um, dyeing and writing about our histories and what it's like to be a good ancestor. And then there was also a um, couple hours where we we made cyanotypes and I was just hooked, hooked. (laughs) And um, so since then I've been exploring the medium and really taking it to different levels. I've been, for example, weaving, weaving them and embroidering on them and using variations of my uh, vintage ephemera to create imagery on them and using the plants I grow in my garden the botanical materials to also create imagery. So I'm combining all kinds of things. So in a way it is a mixed media art for me. I also paint and draw on them. So it's not just a cyanotype and a cyanotype is an alternative photography process that uses the sun instead of a camera to expose whatever is on your substrate, which in my case is paper, but it can also be fabric and other materials. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't realize it could be fabric too. So that I was like, how are you, yeah. weaving, how are you weaving these? <laughs> so that makes sense. Yeah. It's been fun to try new things and, and take it beyond just what you see, what one would normally consider just a cyanotype. It can be so much more. There's oh, yeah. so much room to explore with it. Yeah. Okay. And so Yours I also like so the beautiful. idea that I, oh, thank you. So I like the idea of growing the 
the plants that I use and the idea that sun is exposing the art and the sun is also growing the plants. I'm helping that along. And then together we create art and it's a celebration of what was grown by the sun. There's this whole kind of cyclical nature that I really appreciate. And there's some magic that happens because you really don't know what's going to happen once it starts exposing and it turns the blue and white. Until then, you have no idea what the outcome is going to be like, which I think is a a good philosophy for life. You just have to experience it and see what, what happens and you can't control it. Yeah. I love, I love the concept, you know, I'm a landscape designer, so I've got my <laughs> hands in the dirt and on plants all the time, every day. And I love the thought of growing what you use on your cyanotype artwork. That's really cool. I love that. We've got lots of gardeners at Lucky Star. Ooh, we'll have to do a cyanotype class at some point once we can some figure out time. some logistics. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to get everybody excited right now thinking that we're going to have a cyanotype <laughs> class this year. Mm-hmm. We were really close. And then just November weather, we, we've got to have... We, We've got to have a hundred percent chance of sun, so we just don't have that. Yeah, we're gonna figure it out. A little but... unpredictable. Yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah. figure it out when it when we're not at risk with the weather. Yeah. Um. So you said something while ago that, and I know that this was part of that uh, retreat that you were at, but I just want to go back to it. You you said you guys were thinking about what it's like to be a good ancestor. Will you expand Mm -hmm. on that a little bit? That's really intriguing to me. Yes. So we were talking a lot about what it like, what it would, what it is like to live your life in a way that you are bringing the earth forward to the generations ahead of us and they can appreciate it and it's there for them. And we have supported it and stewarded it into their generational lifespan with honor and respect. And we, I mean, we, you know, in a few generations, we will be someone's ancestors. Right. Right. So we need to not just think in the past, but think towards the future and how we are soon to be ancestors. Uh, That's yeah. I totally, I I just, um, a, a few years back, one of, uh, one of our other Lucky Star instructors and I, uh, Tiffany Schreiner, we created a class called Live Your Legacy. And mm. I, in fact, just taught this class yesterday to a group of women out at Waldemar. They do their, it's like an alumni um, and camp mom retreat that they do out there called Waldemar Women's Week. And they asked me to come out and teach some classes. So just yesterday, I was talking about just this thing where... It's good to kind of get that from outer space perspective of your life, like, and imagine yourself looking back at your life when you're towards the end of life and make sure that you see what you want to see when you're looking back, you know, and that starts by living, living it out now. Right. So, yeah. Same concept. I I really like that. That's something cool to think about. So, what what do you do besides 
the cyanotype in your in your art business? So in my professional career, I'm also a user experience designer and I design iPhone apps, tablet apps, website and enterprise level software. Oh, wow. Really? I had no idea about this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so it's been a natural extension for me to, to create NFTs. So I also have an ongoing series of NFTs that I've been creating and selling online. And I recently got picked up by a wonderful gallery in Merida, Mexico. That is an NFT only gallery, which is really cool. And we are on the Tezos blockchain, which is one of the energy efficient blockchains. And she is building her gallery specifically on the Tezos platform. So that's okay. been exciting. For those out there like me, will you tell me what exactly an NFT is? So an NFT is something, it's a non-fungible token. That's what NFT stands for. And it's something that you can offer uh, that gets written into the blockchain. And as a result, there's a certificate of authenticity for that transaction. So if I were to sell an NFT to someone, that sale would be recorded on the blockchain. And if anybody tried to copy it or use it unofficially, or if there was any question about who owned it, you could go back and check the log on the blockchain. But what's really exciting about NFTs is that when you make a sale of an NFT, you get a percentage and then when that person, if that person were to sell it on the secondary market to someone else, you would get a percentage of that sale. And if that oh. person would sell it to someone else, you would get a percentage of that third sale on the, as the market, you know, secondary market keeps going. So what's really cool, unlike art sales and, and traditional styles, is right. that you make a sale and you never see the painting again. And if it were to sell again for... I don't know, thousands, millions of dollars, whatever, you have no um, participation in that. Right. And this way you do. So it's kind of like music royalties in a way, which is yeah. such a different model than traditional art. So there's that a lot of opportunity there. It's pretty exciting. Okay. That is the mm. best way I have heard it described. That, okay, that, good. Really, that really makes sense <laughs> It's complicated. To me. Okay, but it's what can you do? Like, let's say I buy, I buy one of your NFTs. What can I do with that other than just say I own it? Well, there are frames that are out now that you could display rotating NFTs, for wow. example. And there's more hardware coming out that will support displaying NFTs. And there are also opportunities which some people are starting to build up where you can have prints or canvases made of your NFT. And then there's a chip in the back that links it to the original NFT token somehow. And I don't know mm -hmm. the logistics of how that works, but so that there is still um, a connection as the authentic version of that art, like you're the owner of that art. And I think there's going to be many more ways to to show and display your NFT collection at home. At the NYT, at the New York City NFT conference, they had NFTs 
displaying um, across Times Square. So you could see art that way. And for me, it's been a really like, uh, let me see. For me, it's been a great way to challenge my aesthetic because I don't make NFTs of art I've made traditionally. I create and new unique NFTs and I've taught myself how to animate them. So you can make an NFT of an animation, of a song, of a poem, of a music, of a beat, of art, of, you know, some people are selling NFTs, but the sports, I don't know very much about sports, but sports teams are selling NFTs of like special plays or whatever. That's interesting. So slam dunks or whatever. Yeah, so you're saying it's not like you would take one of your art pieces on the wall and then like digitize it and sell. I mean, you could do that. You could, but do you that. don't yeah, necessarily. Totally do it doesn't necessarily have to start out as a tangible piece of art. No, so I create my NFTs on Procreate, yeah, and then I animate them. I have that, and don't that's know how, how I use do it. it. <laughs> I, think, I need a class in Procreate. <laughs> That's a great tool. You can take it anywhere when you're traveling to and create art. But other people do make NFTs of their analog art, and that's okay too. And some people sell an original with an, the NFT together. I mean, there's different ways you can approach approach this. And so you can sell uh, NFT as a one of one, or you can sell it as a limited edition, you know, one of ten. Oh. And so yeah. at that point, you would sell it at a lower price point it would reach more people's wallets is what they call and And it's not so unique it's every you know more people could have it more people have yeah so different people approach it in different ways and there's still lots to learn about it and I'm not an expert by any means but I am enjoying the journey I think I think it's really cool that you've definitely dipped your toe in and you're like you're in it I mean you're doing it that's really cool so many people are afraid to try those new things, especially where technology is concerned and where money is exchanged. And right, I, right. I think that's, I, I mean, it's very interesting. It sounds like the sky is the limit on what you could do with this. I, th- I think there's so many opportunities in this area. And I've been showing at art fairs this past year and in the last Three, I'm the only NFT artist showing NFTs in addition to my analog traditional right. style art. And um, there have been only two shows in Dallas where I was one of two artists who also had NFTs. So it's still in its infancy. There, nobody's behind on getting into mm-hmm. the NFT game. It's still kind of the Wild West. And so... When you're set, you set up a show, you're not only displaying your analog art pieces, but you're also selling it. Are people buying your NFTs at shows? Or is it well, more online? Well, it depends online? on uh, both. And it depends on the audience of that show. So if it's a younger audience they will know what an nft is and go up and engage with me Mm -hmm. come up to me and engage with about the nfts and they can see it on my screen and then they there's a qr code where they could go buy it or buy any of them and so that's an access point there and 
it's still so early that most people don't understand how that works. So for me, it's more about educating folks who come up to talk to me mm-hmm. and talking to them about the possibility and what that could look like. And I mean, not far from now, most artists are going to have NFTs right. in their in their displays, which is exciting. That is exciting. I think it's really cool that you're getting in on the forefront of that. Okay. I want to talk about your mixed media artwork too. Yes. Happy to. So tell me what's your process and how, how do you approach a new piece of artwork? So when I start a mixed media piece, I take away the blank canvas syndrome pretty immediately by starting with some freeform writing or adding a meditation or inspirational thought to the first layer of my piece. And then at that point, it's no longer white. I can't mess it up. It is what it is. And (laughs) then I just start with, right, (laughs) just start adding with layers. It could be collage paint. I have a lot of tools I use to add layers and then scrape back layers and build up pieces of areas of layers and take back others. And, and I just keep going in this more playful state while I make that background, which I really want to be deeply textured and with little symbolisms, symbols hidden here and there and mark making that specific to me. And then when I feel like that's at a really great place, then I pull in even more collage and I create focal points around the topic that is in my mind at that moment. And I typically, I'm in the middle of a series body of work where I'm focusing on strong women who are creative and introspective and strong and, and, and inspiring and, and, and also women that, are taking time to connect with themselves and honor themselves or find elements in the natural world that support them and their dreams. I like that. That's a great subject. So do you have any particular um, like art supplies that you absolutely love or any new ones that you want to try? I love to use the catalyst wedge. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) That's a silicon scraper, I guess you could call it. I mean, before I've used key cards and old credit cards and that works just fine, but I'm really loving this catalyst wedge. It's, it shapes nicely into the palm of your hand and there's a short side and a long side and you can scoop paint out and move it around and pull it and push it with this tool. That's my oh. new favorite tool oh, this year, like 2022. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good one. And the paint never sticks to it. So it, when it dries, you can just peel it off and it's ready to go for the Ooh, next that sounds round. like a fun, a fun thing to do too. <laughs> to peel yeah, the paint off of right. <laughs> Share with us, what are some of your hobbies? What else do you like to do besides art and dance? I... I don't love cleaning the house, so I'm not going to add that, but I am going to add that I love listening to audiobooks when cleaning the house. Oh, 
And so I am in the middle of a lengthy series. I've never read so many like books in a series before. And I'm on book 12 out of 14. And I know each book, like I started, I started reading a physical book, but each book is like a thousand to 1500 pages. And it was just like, I could only read before bed and then I'd fall asleep and it just was taking a long time. And so when I switched to audiobooks, it's just a game changer. I can listen to it at a higher speed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're you're talking to a fellow audiobook junkie here. Like, yeah, I so listen to them exactly on at least one point four, one point three. You know, depending on the person reading. Yes, but like you can get through right. it so much faster. Yes, and you can multitask. <laughs> and right, and so I can fold the laundry, do the dishes, da, 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 yeah. and like still feel like I'm being entertained rather than getting. You know, oh, all the yeah. feelings when cleaning the house okay, so or whatever this, it is that I'm doing. What's the series <laughs> you're reading and the author? So last year, a show came out, out called Wheel of Time. And this was um, an adaptation of a book, 14 books by Robert Jordan. And I received the first three books in this series for Christmas and I read them. And then I read the next three. And then at some point I was like, okay, we're switching to audio audiobooks. So it's been a year long project since I started at Christmas and I should be done before this Christmas. So, so clearly you like, 14. you like the, the series. Well, I'm committed. I felt like after I reached <laughs> book six, I couldn't yeah. stop. Like, it's just not loud. You've got to see it through. <laughs> I have to see it through. And there were some books in there where I was just like, oh, my goodness, this is so tedious. Like they're describing the exact shades of the tapestry tassels or whatever. That <laughs> what? Yeah. Not necessary for the story. Um, so, yeah. Yep. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> okay. So this hobby. is making me think, <laughs> do I really want to start that series? I don't know. It really is a commitment. It's such yeah, a commitment. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> which is, 14. which is, of course, I pick something that's like going to be like this. Like, so I haven't read very many other books this year or, but I listen to podcasts and I, um, yeah. And so I've been driving up to Dallas and back. Those are great companions and in the car, whatever. It's just oh, yeah. me and my headphones and my, my audiobooks. Yeah. So what podcasts do you like to listen to? Do you have any favorites? I'm always looking for new ones. Yes. Well, they're business related. Is that fun? Yeah. I mean, okay. Definitely. <laughs> I really like listening to online marketing made easy. Whatever Amy Porterfield's, uh, podcast is she's amazing amy porterfield amy porterfield yeah she she's helped me a lot in finding ways to grow my email list and to find folks who might be interested in following what i'm up to and my creative journey yeah so i like to listen to her when i walk the dogs when i start the day so i'm like okay this is yeah you know a pep talk things things I haven't thought about that I could implement. That's cool. So one of my favorites, 
is, and this one is purely entertainment. Um, it's called Smartless. Do you know that one with Jason no, Bateman? I to, and I have to write this down. I do not. I love Jason Bateman. Jason I do too. I do too. So, um, oh my gosh, I'm not, why well, can't Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and Sean Hayes. So Sean Hayes wow, you know, from Will a, and Grace. Is it hilarious? Are, this must be hilarious. Hilarious. It kills me. <laughs> and it's just my kind of funny, you know? Like, I just, I love it. And they interview some really interesting people, you know, a lot of producers and uh, fellow actors and actresses. But just really great conversations. And I feel like it's stuff that you would never know about these people if it weren't for these guys getting it out of them. You know what I mean? They're just so funny. That's a good one. Smart list. Okay, so, I'm going to add that into the rotation. Because I feel like all my spare time is spent listening to um, anything educational that will help me in my art business. Oh, yeah. And I spend a lot of time with that. And then I need to play more. So I will listen to this. And at Lucky Star, I want to literally play more with girl guitar. Oh, yeah, Mandy. That'll be fun. Yes. So are you wanting to play? Oh, cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I I hear there's like singing on the evenings or something. Oh, yeah. We jam around the campfire. A couple of the nights, and it's so much fun. So much fun. Oh, my goodness. I've never done that. I want to try that. So set my classes up so I can take girl guitar. Note to self. (laughs) 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 I will uh, put that down. Um, So speaking of camp, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners what you're going to be teaching at Lucky Star this year? I would love to. So I'm teaching two classes. The first one is mixed media collage portraits. And the second one will be mini travel journals. And for the mixed media collage portrait, I'm going to share my techniques for building up and scraping back foundation layers. Like we mentioned earlier, creating and using a mark making library, which I find I return to quite frequently playing with paint, always fun. And then exploring the power of collage composition. And we would be focusing specifically on creating a portrait of a woman that is inspirational to you or your life. It could be a girlfriend or a daughter or a sister or you yourself or a role model. It could be something from a magazine. It's pretty open and exploratory, this whole class. So there's no right or wrong. You don't need drawing or painting skills to make the portrait. We don't have time for that anyway. So we'll be focusing on creating it a collage and then also using symbolic imagery to make a headdress of some kind. Typically, I start with flowers, but I also like to add mushrooms or animals or vintage ephemera, like I mentioned before, cut into different shapes or paint the sky's the limit really so I'll be teaching techniques to do that and then students can take it wherever they like I love like note to self I'm putting me in this class (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm signing up for this class. So do it, do it. I'm I'm definitely going to. I, I can't wait for it. So okay. So mixed media, what are you calling that class? Mixed media collage portrait. Okay. And then what's the other one? It's mini travel journal. And this I is gonna be so much fun. It's similar to what we talked about earlier, inspired mm-hmm. by what we talked about earlier. And so we'll be using a small journal, blank journal, and we will be documenting our adventures at Lucky Star Art Camp and sketching, no sketch experience required. This is, I, I'm calling this anything goes sketching, mm-hmm. but we're trying to basically capture ideas, activities, friends, feelings, landscape, food, whatever has struck the camper as significant for their trip and documenting it in his travel journal and by sketching it and then using watercolor to draw it in or color pencil. And then also using some quick tips on hand lettering the date and the certain things of the page that will make it unique to your particular style. And then if anyone has travel mementos from the trip, I don't know what that could be for everybody. It's different. They could also cut those up and glue those in or washi tape them in. So you'll have a one, one stop place to see your experiences, feel, feel your experiences again when you look back on it in the future. And the skill and knowledge to take that and let it inspire other travel journals for future travel. Exactly. I exactly. It's going to be great. It's so exciting. And I, when I saw your, um, oh, I guess it was your journal from Japan, your trip to Japan. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful. And I was like, yes, that one. <laughs> we should do that class. <laughs> yes. I love, I love, yeah. It's, it's a nice way to combine traveling and experiences and adventure and art. And I'll bring my little travel kit. I love seeing what everybody's little like art travel kit is. And I have one yeah. specifically for travel journals. So I'll bring that and sh- show folks what that could look like if they oh, wanted yeah. to develop their own. Oh, that's cool. And in the class description, um, there'll be photos of the Japan travel journals people can check out. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just want to go back. You said something for the mixed media class a while ago that intrigued me. You said you... Are gonna, you're going to teach people how to make a mark-making, did you say gallery or a mark-making? Library. Library? What is that? Yeah. Well, it's a personalized pattern library. And what that means when I talk about that, for me, I've developed this sim, like um, patterns that I usually draw or carve or paint on to my canvas and those can be symbols usually they're geometric symbols for me but for Mm -hmm. other people it could be who knows what but it's a something that you can return to again and again when you are not sure what you want to put on your next as your next layer oh yeah so you it just could when you get maybe stuck on like making a mark you can look back at things that you've used before in your mark making library and that could inspire yep. your next move on the page on the canvas. That's right. It's really cool. I like it's like that. a a reference. 
Yeah. Because sometimes when you're in the moment and you're so caught up, it's hard to, your brain can go blank and you really just are afraid to to add another layer or you don't know what to add or you're afraid you're going to mess it up. And at that point I I realized, Oh, well, I'm just going to add some marks that are specific to my style. And for me, they, they actually have personal meal. Some of them have personal meaning for me. So some of them are remind me of the embroidery. My grandmother used to, embroider oh, yeah. on like pillowcases and napkins and tablecloth board borders. Yeah. yeah. And so those like stitch patterns I mm-hmm. have in my pattern library. It kind of made me library. think when you were explaining it to me, it made me think of like a, an embroidery sampler, you know? Oh yeah. All the different stitches. But like whenever I'm painting, I get, I feel like I get stuck in making the same patterns over and over again. Like I can look around at paintings that I've done and I think it would be very helpful to, even if I see some mark in a book or, or, you know, on somebody else's work, I could put it down in the library to get me unstuck from doing that same pattern over and over again. I think exactly. that would be super helpful. I like that. Very smart. Very smart. (laughs) Some of the tools of the trade to keep you moving forward in a piece and not just give up. (laughs) Yeah, like that. Well, I'm so thrilled to have you joining the team. And I want you to tell everybody like how they can find you. Do you have any upcoming shows? Do you have a website? What is your Instagram handle? How can how can we find you in the out there in the in the world? Several places. So my website is yasmin.ws and I'll spell that. It's Y-A-S-M-I-N dot W-S as in website. Okay. So that's my primary primary website, but I you can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest under the handle the gold current so t-h-e-g-o-l-d-c-u-r-r-e-n-t and my next show is opening in two weeks at women in their work gallery as part of the red dot arts free and then i'll be coming to lucky star art camp and then the next weekends after that will be the east austin studio tour well i will be opening my studio in canopy with uh, many other amazing artists who are also opening their studios across the city. That's oh, my I favorite it, weekends of the year. Yeah, I have it on my list to go to that sub year. I've, I've never been, but I think it would be so much fun. It really is so inspiring because you, there's so many artists in Austin and you can choose from as many as you can fit into your schedule over the course of several weekends and go from studio to studio and talk with folks, learn about new art practices, artists that you can discover, buy some art as gifts for the upcoming holidays and just generally connect with your community and the, the creative arts scene here. Oh yeah. I love that. Okay, so I ask everyone this at the end, and I never tell you that I'm going to do it, but it's a surprise. 
<laughs> Goodness. All it's right. It's not hard. It's not hard. And you've kind of already done this earlier in the episode. So do you remember, I don't know if, if at your school you had show and tell, but um, if you had something to show and tell, it could be anything, a book, a new art supply, a new art piece that you did or something that you bought, something that you love, what would that be? And remember, they can't see it, so you have to be able to describe it. <laughs> okay. That's right. I'm looking around going, yeah. I see you looking around. I'm like, well, <laughs> it can really be anything. Like that scraper thing that you talked about earlier, that would have been perfect. <laughs> okay. Yes. I already said it. <laughs> I know. If if only we could move that over to here. <laughs> oh, goodness. So do another oh, one. Goodness. Something else like okay. that, though. Mm. Oh, my goodness. All right. So when I'm down... I love to watch Ted Lasso and his unrelenting optimism always makes me feel better. So I would highly recommend Ted Lasso (laughs) as a a wholesome, wholesome, (laughs) funny, no, there's no violence in this show. I feel like every time I, I watch a show, it's just so much, it invokes so much anxiety just because there's so much drama. And then I just like, I don't need any more drama in my life. Just give me some wholesome, nice guy who's doing so, his best and making everybody else around him do their best too. So that's, that's a good one. For me, that's Ted Lasso. That's Ted Lasso. <laughs> that's a great show and tell. Yasmin, thank you so much for being with me on the podcast today. And I so look forward to having you at camp and to see camp new again through your eyes this year will be so fun for me. I love it when new people come on the scene and it's just, it's so much fun. I know everyone's going to love your classes and I know you're going to, you're going to love this community that we have in Lucky Star also. So welcome Thank you. I'm so excited. I really can't wait. It's only one month away now, really. I know. Is that right? Month and a half? Month and two days? Something like I have that. a countdown on the website that every time I see it, I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really getting close. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. Super exciting. Thank you can't so wait. much. Talk soon. Thank you. Bye, Lisa. Bye. Lucky Star is a women's art and whole living sleepaway camp that takes place each fall in the Texas Hill Country. For dates and more information about our upcoming camps, visit our website at www.luckystarartcamp.com or find us on Instagram at Lucky Star Art Camp.